people, welcome to another episode of Panels and Bars, the podcast where we talk about hip-hop culture and geek culture. I am your host, B.B. Manic. If you've listened to this podcast before, you're probably used to me having at least one special guest, if not more, or a co-host. I started this podcast with uh, my really good friend, Patrick Allen, who unfortunately now has other commitments, so he's not able to be a regular host on the show with me. And during the end of last year, this year... I was trying to find a, either a regular partner or specific guests. It was just, the results were too inconsistent. Some people could do certain weeks, not other weeks. And I realized there would be maybe one week when I'd have a guest and then no one else for, for weeks after that. I've realized maybe that's not a bad thing. When I was looking at the statistics from last year, it seemed that the few episodes I actually hosted by myself, which were mainly reviews, were the ones that people seemed to enjoy the most and surprisingly enough have the highest listenership of any of the episodes that have been on the podcast so far. So this is all a long-winded way of me saying that going forward, primarily I'm going to do episodes like this, which are me ranting about things I'm passionate about. And then occasionally we will have special guests. I have already secured a couple for future episodes, but they are talking to me coinciding with very specific events that haven't happened yet so not really any point in having them on the show just yet but there will be guests in the future but yeah long-winded way of me saying going forward you're just dealing with me so on all platforms you will find me on panels and bars all one word and let me know what you think you know let me know if you need to hear other voices or let me know if i'm doing a, a good job but um with that being said let's get down to it so in the past week, James Gunn, who some of you will know as the writer-director of Guardians of the Galaxy, Super, a bunch of other great things, including the very underrated Suicide Squad, he announced officially that he is now the... Well, we've, we've known that he's now the head of the DC Studios, and he announced what his plans were going forward. So rather than just give us the next couple of years, he's told us that DC has a plan in place for at least the first decade under his leadership. And this plan is titled Gods and Monsters. And this will encompass TV shows, movies and video games. So these things will all share the same continuity and can be taken as separate pieces of media, but will build a much larger overarching theme and narrative that can be tied together as you know one big chapter so he announced that that there were obviously some films that were made prior to his being assigned the head of dc studios and they were completed and dc spent money on those so they're still going to be released so those include shazam the flash blue beetle and aquaman and seemingly with the flash being an event movie where several timelines converge and collapse it's probably going to be the point where that old continuity is reset and then new characters are introduced to continue this saga so it was interesting essentially gun announced a series of projects and i'm not going to go over all of them because i'll be honest with you not all of them interest me the kind of highlights were there will be a superman movie based on a young superman which is going to be written by gun we don't know if he'll direct it yet but he's just started writing that so it's not even completed yet there'll also be a Supergirl series, or Supergirl movie, called The Woman of Tomorrow, which is based on the Supergirl series of the same name. The Authority, which is very interesting. 
I'm reserving judgment on this because if you don't know the authority, it's essentially a more adult take on a Justice League type team. And if you'd have told me they were making an authority film a decade ago, I'd have been super excited for this and I would have thought it was a breath of fresh air. However, we now live in a post-The Boys world where this kind of deconstructed superhero spoof has been done by a lot of people and done well. Like, The Boys is fantastic. So I don't really know that the authority would be that amazing or groundbreaking, but I would love to be proved wrong. It's also going to include Lanterns. Lanterns is, unsurprisingly, the Green Lanterns adaptation, which is going to feature two Green Lanterns and apparently is heavily inspired by at least the tone and style of True Detective, which, in my opinion, is one of the greatest TV shows ever made. So if they can pull that off, I'm on board. You know, I'm sceptical, but I would I would love to see them do it. It sounds great. The Batman sequel, starring Robert Pattinson and directed by Matt Reeves, is going ahead. That will be Elseworlds, so outside of this Gods and Monsters continuity, as will the Joker sequel, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga, still going ahead, but that will be Elseworlds, so they do not affect the regular continuity of this brand new universe. One of the other projects that was announced was... Batman the Brave and Bold, which is a new Batman and a new Robin. And the Robin specifically is Damian Wayne, who is the son of Bruce Wayne and a character that has divided a lot of fans. He has a diehard fan base that love him and think he's the greatest Robin. And then you have people like me who find him quite annoying and don't really look forward to the prospect of watching a possible trilogy of films starring him. But Gunn loves him. And uh, yeah, that's going to happen. So... I have thoughts. I really, really like James Gunn. I'm really in the camp of people that like him and think he's creative and he obviously loves and respects the source material. And he really can do a lot with little, a little. Like he can take characters that have been abandoned for, you know, 20 plus years and just inject new life into them and make them really interesting and really vivid and take groups like Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad and even their villains who look cartoony and cheesy on paper and make them interesting and vivid and, and really humanise them. So I have no doubt that the stuff he writes is going to be fantastic and he's got such a good ear and good eye for talent that he's probably going to hire the right people to adapt these properties. And some of the ones I didn't mention were just because I have no prior knowledge of any of those characters so i don't have an opinion on them really i don't really know what he's going to do with them i don't know if he's possibly ruining them because i don't know if they were good in the first place i've commented on the characters that i know because i get why from a business perspective you would do another superman film another batman film i just feel like for someone like james gunn it's like i was just hoping for something a bit more adventurous and so this is not me like well guess this is me saying i could do better but i'm just going to pitch some ideas of stuff that i would have brought to the table things that we haven't seen because i feel like we're how many years deep now into the warner brothers dc media empire and once again superman's being rebooted once again batman is being rebooted we're possibly getting more aquaman films after this and it just kind of feels like i guess for their perspective it's if it ain't broke don't fix it but I kind of feel like maybe it's broke because, you know, Nolan's films trailed off towards the end. Zack Snyder really couldn't make Batman or Superman work. And yeah, Matt Reeves' film is great. I love the, the Reeves film. I'm not going to slate it. But I also do feel like even though it's great, it is also Batman year one. Gritty Batman, moody Batman. And I feel like 
there is so much we could do with these characters. So I'm not super excited to see another safe take on them. And it's, there's characters who I would love to see more of. So the first character who I would love to see get adapted is a character called Impulse. And for those that don't know, Impulse is part of the Flash family. So he's a super speedster and he comes from way, way in the future, like centuries in the future. And he comes back to our time and you find out that like, not only is he bored with our, to us, modern lifestyle, but to him, you know, the technology is outdated and a lot of the ways we do things are just outdated. He, because of his super speed and the fact he's a teenager, he just thinks a mile a minute. And so the series is him not only trying to adapt to this life, but trying to adapt to slowing down, mainly to preserve his identity and identities of the people around him. And just kind of, he, what's great about him is that he's a superhero who really learns on the job because, you know, as the name Impulse suggests, he just dives headfirst into situations and then kind of improvises on the fly. And the first arc was written by Mark Wade and penciled by the incredible Humberto Ramos. And I would just love to see that adapted. I mean, I was thinking maybe even animation because the art style is so stylistic, so, so well characterized. Every character just has huge hair and big manga influenced eyes. And it's just really, it's fantastic. It was printed on this new stock and, and the colors weren't too vivid, but the, the pencils and the inking were so sharp that it just every character is defined so well and great costume design. And it's, it's, it's just one of those, those series that has a lot of heart. And in the Flash series in general at that time, was very, was very upbeat. And they weren't as like dark and gritty as a lot of stuff. And I think if you're going to be having more Batman in this universe, you're going to have all these darker things like the authority. I think something like Impulse would be a great balance to that. You know, it's a great jumping on point for this universe for more casual viewers and for younger viewers and for older viewers. It's just, I mean, if they adapt Mark Wade's script from the first run, it's really well written. It's really fun. It's great characterization. If you're a teenager, you can associate with it. And if you're older, you kind of look back to when you were a teenager and you kind of jumped headfirst into a lot of situations and didn't think and you had to learn and you thought you knew everything. And yeah, so Impulse is, that's my first entry into what I would love to see adapted into James Gunn's new universe. The next would be, like I have no problem with the Batman family. I love the Batman family. I think Batman is one of the greatest characters ever created and i understand the continued universal appeal of him i understand why filmmakers want to keep adapting him and they want to put their spin on him but i also think one of the greatest additions to batman and his canon is the bat family it's the it's the sidekicks and the characters that help him do what he does and for me the greatest of those is dick grayson because there is a tragedy with bruce wayne as a character the fact that he has this eternal curse that he, we all know crime is never going to be eradicated. So he'll never be able to hang up the cow. He'll never be able to have a normal life. Whereas Dick Grayson has that same commitment and that same drive to do what Batman does. But he has a life outside that. He has pursuits outside that and, and friends and love interests. And he probably learns from the more damaged aspects of Bruce's personality. And he has evolved past them and learned to deal with his trauma in a healthy way so he's he's what batman could have been they're almost two sides of the same coin and then there's just so much to explore with that and in the comics when dick grayson 
moves on from being Robin and decides to become Nightwing, he also understands he can't do that in the same space that Bruce is in. So he moves to another city, he moves to Bloodhaven. And then that gives you a brand new backdrop for where you can take the character, the styles you can develop, you know, and you can go either way. It's Batman. So you can have the Matt Reeves, you know, you're dealing with more grounded street level thugs and gangsters, or it's Batman. So you can also have giant back creatures and and weird clowns and all the kinds of extreme elements. And the great thing is if you're going to choose to have a universe where Batman exists, you can balance those two things out. If the new Batman that Gunn introduces is going to have magic and sorcery and all those crazy things, then Nightwing can be the grounded opposite of that and vice versa. And I think that's the role he can play. I mean, as far as I know, none of these projects have been cast. In fact, Gunn has actually specifically shut down rumours of who is supposed to be playing Superman. I think he's so early in the scripting and planning process in the pre-production stage, he hasn't even thought about that yet. So there's been no additions, no one's been cast. That's all still up in the air. But if I'm doing this dream pitch, <laughs> I would say Nightwing is a good chance to get Chris O'Donnell back. I don't think he's a bad actor. I think he was into, into I won't say one bad film and forever is understood but he wasn't given a chance to really do his thing so this could be a chance to redeem him good director good script get him in shape much older nightwing you've got that and then i think the guy who plays him on netflix's titans is brenton thwaites i think that's his name he's done a great job he's he's really versatile he's charismatic physically great shape so if he wanted to reprise the role and if gun wanted to give him that i mean it probably takes him kind of script work to kind of explain maybe why you're not acknowledging the the events of the tv show but i think most audiences are intelligence now they can just look past it but yeah nightwing is my my second shout for who i think should have a place in this universe and the story we could tell about the bat family that's not the same thing we've seen before now my third pick most comic book fans will know martian manhunter some of you who maybe aren't diehard fans might know the name and that's possibly from his appearance in Zack Snyder's Justice League I thought the choice of actor was good that guy's a good actor I didn't think the physical design was great I thought they could have worked a lot better on that but whatever it's done but one thing I think that's really interesting in the comic books is there is this kind of almost in-joke where you find out that in-universe Superman is only really loved and like adored in the states and that's that's maybe because of, you know the colors of him wearing the the red and the blue he's almost this very patriotic symbol of american culture you know america and you find out as a reader that martian manhunter is actually who the rest of the world looks up to so like a lot of times if you're anywhere else in the world and you scream for help it's martian manhunter that comes and saves you and he's the one that has merchandise and t-shirts and he's the international superhero and then he's kind of a bit player in the Justice League. And I always thought that's really interesting. And I always thought it's it's interesting that no adapted media has ever, like, they've never spoken about it in Justice League Limited. It obviously doesn't come up in the movies that Zack Snyder's done. And I would love to see one superhero who has, he's similar to Clark in a lot of ways, but he's different in a lot of ways. So he's also an alien. He's also has feelings and, and hope for humanity, but maybe isn't really of humanity. And so, you know, you kind of explore that in him and the way he treats people and, you know, the way he tries to save people. And 
you know, I just love that aspect of him being possibly the biggest and most famous superhero in the world. And then just kind of splitting his time with the Justice League and, you know, helping them out, even though he doesn't really need to. So I guess you could get the same actor back from the Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't know that that guy could carry a film. I'm not trying to be mean, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could get somebody else. But yeah, Martian Manhunter, uh, if you're just hearing his name for the first time, there are some really good books that you should check out. I mean, if you want to know more, then tweet me at Panels and Bars. I'll send you a reading list. But he's a cool character. He looks great. He has, He's a shapeshifter as well. So the things you could do with the right visual effects team could be incredible. So I would just love to see it just for that. The next entry on this list is a character that a lot of us thought we were going to see, which was Lobo. And Lobo is mercenary. He's kind of a space pirate. And he's not a great guy which is kind of why i think it would be good to see him because we kind of need an anti-hero when i say an anti-hero like a real anti-hero not like a guy who's kind of a jerk and i think this is the problem with all these big pole franchises right now is that they keep marketing the air quotes anti-hero but they're scared to actually have an anti-hero because those people are unlikable and they're not necessarily good role models and so it makes it harder for you to sell merchandise but Lobo is like he's just a great character I mean if you get the right person and I'll get onto that in a second you can make him super charismatic and you can make him super interesting and you can make him the guy that you hate to root for I mean one of the things that really impressed me with Ryan Reynolds Deadpool is that he kills a ton of people in those films which I didn't think was going to happen when they adapted I thought the studio would step in and say you can't do that because he's not going to be likable and we can't market him and luckily the guys in the head of studios just shut up and listen to the audience and they listen to creators and they let Deadpool be Deadpool and the fans reacted and I think you could do the same thing with Lobo now talking about that casting for people who haven't seen a picture of Lobo if you want to pause right now and go google him L-O-B-O D-C you're um you're going to see a guy who essentially was the role that Jason Momoa was born to play. So it's kind of insane that Zack Snyder saw that guy and said, you should play Aquaman, who like who looks nothing like Jason Momoa in the comics. You know, he's this skinny, blonde-haired guy. I, I, don't, I don't know how that casting choice happened. I really don't get it. But, um, I mean, Jason Momoa knows it, and he's acknowledged it as much. And even recently, he said, A, that he's not going anywhere, and B... Nothing says he has to play one character, which I guess is hinting to all of us he could also be Lobo. Now, I will say that since he's made that statement, James Gunn has said that he will not be casting multiple actors into multiple roles, or are casting actors into multiple roles. So, who knows which one of them is telling the truth, who knows if it could be a misdirect, or who knows if they've even discussed it, and maybe Momoa is just like kind of campaigning for that role. Who knows? What I do know is... He's funny, he's charismatic, he's built for action scenes. <laughs> I think he can be really fun. And I think with the right right to direct, in fact, I think Gunn should smash this. I think Lobo could be incredible. It's one of those films that if it was pitched as a franchise, you know, sometimes I, I almost get franchise fatigue when we get films announced as franchises before we've even seen the first entry. But with Lobo, I'd be all over it. Like I think 100% you could do it. I think it would be great. And, you know, you can kind of spin it into anything. I, I mean, live action series makes the most sense. But me personally, I would, you know, if they wanted to mess around with like CGI or something and make an animated movie or animated series, I get on board with that too. 
So Lobo. My next entry is from the Vertigo Studios. And so for those that aren't super familiar with the comics, DC obviously has their main hub, which is all the superheroes and that kind of universe. And then they have a few other, like, uh, sort of like we've discussed, discussed Elseworlds. And Elseworlds usually are a branch of books that contain characters from that main hub, but different versions. So they've literally done a version of Superman where he landed in Russia, a version of Superman where he landed on Earth, but his parents didn't get to him in time. And so the Justice League was never fought. Like, it's just amazing different spins. And there's, there's a version where, well, Batman is alive at the time of Jack the Ripper. And uh, just, it gives, it gives it creators a chance to tell really interesting stories with characters we know, just kind of inject new life to them. So the fact that not only do we already have two films that exist in the universe, but we could be getting more, that's fantastic. So anyway, I've gotten to a tangent. But um, another one of those imprints and, and subset lines is Vertigo. And Vertigo was creator-owned comic books, so the creators retain the rights to their creations, and they're also not beholden to the rules and the continuity and the laws of the main DC universe. So you've probably seen the Netflix show Sandman, that is a Vertigo title, Neil Gaiman's Vertigo title that he's owned the rights to for literally decades now. And another one that I wanted to recommend be adapted is 100 Bullets. And 100 Bullets, what's great about it is that because it's not a superhero story it's a crime thriller it actually has a much broader appeal than a lot of the things that dc's currently got in development and for those who don't know 100 bullets is essentially a story of a mysterious agent who approaches various people who have been wronged in their lives and he offers them a briefcase and the briefcase has a gun and 100 bullets and he says i know that you're wronged i can give you definitive proof of who is responsible for what happened to you and i'm offering you this bullet these bullets and this gun and you can use them to get justice revenge whatever you want to call it and when you've done what you need to do you will face no consequences no one's going to investigate you you will not be arrested no one there'll be no retribution this is this is justice and so it, it's it what's, what's great about 100 bullets is it acts as both an anthology and an ongoing story so you could pick up at any point in the story read an issue and be satisfied but if you read all the issues back to back there is an ongoing subplot that reveals more about how this agent is able to do these things how he knows what he knows and if he's acting alone or as part of a larger organization it's i was gonna say it's incredibly written it is incredibly written if you were reading it from the perspective of someone in 2023 you will roll your eyes and love the dialogue it's there's it features as you'd expect a little like mob characters and underworld gangsters and drug dealers and it definitely feels like white suburban guy writing young black characters a lot of the time there's a lot of slang that was outdated even when it, the book came out like years ago but if you can get past that the art is fantastic the character is really well defined and because he has so many different subjects that the agent approaches there are so many different spins on the concept of who would do what. Some people take it and get their revenge. Some people don't. Some people try and actually investigate how this person knows. It's 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 just great, and it's it's the type of thing would make a great HBO series. And because it takes place in so many different style, uh, so many different locations with so many different types of people, you don't even have to have 
all the episodes or all the seasons directed by the same people. They can be directed and shot by so many different people and add to that anthology feel. So one, yeah, go buy 100 Bullets right now. Like literally buy any volume. You're going to love it. Two, DC, just make 100 Bullets. Just make a 100 Bullets TV show. Like why haven't you made a 100 Bullets TV show? Just make the 100 Bullets TV show. Make it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't want to like be on a downer for this episode, especially last one by myself and like have all the negative energy. But I did want to say, I think, if you're someone who doesn't read comic books or play the DC video games or any of that stuff, you're just from the outside world looking in, I would not blame you for thinking that there is a very limited scope in what DC creates and what DC is. And the sad thing is that I couldn't be further from the truth. There are creators of every race, multiple languages, you know, representing like just every different background. Like there's queer creators writing queer characters, writing characters who are non-white, non-male, disabled. Like there's so much out there. And yet what the, the general public keeps getting served is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And there's way more. And I just feel like James Gunn, a, car- a man who has shown in the past, traditionally that he gives voices to those types of creators and characters the announcement for me was a little disappointing, but I like I like I said, I, I want, you know, two, three years from now, I want the first of these films to come out and for people to look back at this episode and go, oh, my gosh, he didn't know what he was talking about. And I want to be wrong. I want to see more new stories. But if they don't happen and I'm right and we just get more Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, I want you to look back at this list and say, hey, you know, he, he was under something there. Maybe they should have tried to expand. So who knows? I mean, what's interesting about this deal as well is it's also going to include video games and TV shows. And that's going to be a really interesting challenge because the development cycles of all those things are wildly different. You know, the way cartoons are being done now, they can be done relatively quickly if you outsource the animation and have the voice recording be done in different places. And obviously movies can be anything from six months to two years in some cases. But video games take a lot of time and a lot of money. And there's a lot of different factors in them working with engines and how quickly that technology changes and the way formats change. And you can literally introduce a title only to find out that a company is going to introduce a new gaming system into the market and you have to change it. There's so much that it... And the thing is, James Gunn knows this. So clearly he's taken that into account. But it's going to be interesting to see... I think DC really is the first studio that has fully committed to... Yeah, to we're going to have one ongoing continuity across multiple forms of media. It's it's going to be interesting. I, I really applaud the effort. I I'm dubious, I'll be honest with you, because... It reminds me a lot of Dark Universe, where, you know, Tom Cruise and Javier Bardem and a bunch of really talented people said, hey, we're going to do this new universe, and it's going to be the most amazing thing. And then the first film flopped, and, and it folded on itself. And it'll be a shame to see that happen. But I also think, yeah, maybe walk before you can run, before you're talking about, you know, a decade's worth of content. It, I don't know. I, don't, I hope I'm wrong. But yes, yeah, so that's my thoughts. If you have any thoughts yourself, things you'd like to see, or do you think I got it totally wrong? Holler at me. I'm on Twitter, Panels and Bars. Instagram, Panels and Bars. Send me a DM or comment and let me know what you think. Uh, also, YouTube, Panels and Bars. There will be new videos coming soon. I know I've been slacking. I'm working stuff. Trust me, I'm working stuff. But yeah, anyway, so we're going to end this week's episode with 
what's really good where I tell you about the things I have been watching, reading, listening to over the past couple of weeks. And so the most obvious entry I spoke about in the last episode with my special guest Nick Hampshire was The Last of Us from HBO, which when I last spoke about it, I had only seen the season premiere, which I did really enjoy, but I was comparing to the TV show and I didn't think it quite measured up. Episode two, I also didn't think quite measured up. I enjoyed it a lot and I think the cast is fantastic and it looks great and the special effects are fantastic and the visual effects are fantastic. But yeah, it's not quite doing it for me when I hold it up to the TV show, to the, to the game, but it's fantastic. You know, for me, it's like, it's a 9 out of 10 and I'm comparing it to someone that's a 10 out of 10. So I still love it. I don't want anyone to think I don't, I don't love it. I just, it's not quite on the par with the TV show for me, but I, I do love it. And at the time of recording this, it's Monday, the 6th of February, I've just watched this week's latest episode, which is also fantastic. And I'm, I'm really starting to buy more into the bond of the two main characters. And I think some people are probably thinking he's not spoken about episode 3. I'm just going to say flat out that episode 3 is one of the best episodes of television i've ever watched if it doesn't get at least an emmy nomination that's insane yeah so i'm really enjoying it if you haven't seen it i really recommend it if you haven't played the game or watched the tv show i would say watch the tv show first and then play the game you'll appreciate it a lot more in that order but it does really matter what you do i would that's just my personal recommendation what else have i been checking out oh so i've been listening to bubba the album from katrinada which i think came out during the pandemic and I just completely slept on it. And it's only for some reason now just reaching me. But yeah, man, that is a banging album. Kate Trinado has always been, in my opinion, one of the best modern producers. Fantastic. And I don't know why this this one slipped on the radio because I love his first album. But yeah, if you haven't checked out Bubba by Kate Trinado, then yeah, you're just as stupid as me. and you, <laughs> you need to get on it. Yeah, other than that, I haven't been consuming much media because I've been trying to make some media so if you are on tiktok follow us there panels and bars all one word there'll be i'm going to try and do as many uploads as i can a week so it's going to be regular uploads like i said i have two essays coming to the youtube channel that i am really proud of so i'll be doing that and uh yeah there will be more frequent uploads on this channel as well i'm going to do one geek one a week one hip-hop one a week so you are more than welcome to listen to one and skip one or listen to them all if you're into both things like I am. And like I said, there will be guests in the future currently in the process of sorting that out. But yeah, getting off my backside and making this stuff a lot more frequent for you all. I really do appreciate everyone that listens to us, everyone that likes us, everyone that sends the podcast to their friends to listen to, tweets or suggestions and stuff like that. Like as a small podcast in a sea of the hundreds and thousands nowadays, for anyone to listen to to panels and bars really means a lot to me yeah so no just thank you thank you all like i said if you if you enjoyed this episode let me know if you had any thoughts let me know and i will catch you hopefully then the week for the hip-hop episode see you soon peace